Hi, I'm Colleen, your host of the Good News Podcast. And I'm Neil, the other host. The Good News Podcast is your source for good news, fun stories, auditory delight, and sonic joy. We're bringing all of this goodness to you from the Cards Against Humanity studios in Chicago. Listeners, we would love to take your money so that we can continue bringing you the best news that we can find from all over the world. If you're interested in supporting us, please visit our Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash thegoodnewspodcast. Today's episode, we get to chat with Kevin Allison. He's a comedian, an actor, and a writer. And some of you might remember him from The State on MTV. These days, he's most known for Risk. It's a weekly podcast and live storytelling show that he created and hosts. Risk! Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story by the wonderful Joe. This idea of getting in front of people and sharing a story and talking about something you wouldn't normally talk about in front of a group of people, it seems like pretty therapeutic, I think, for people. Uh, I re-listened to a few episodes last night, and I just wonder, like, since you've been doing this for so long and you've heard so many different stories, I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about ultimately ends up being a positive experience. You think? Oh, okay. Okay, great, great, great. Yeah, you know, my own personal experience is I had the very unusual situation of realizing I was gay, realizing I was physically attracted to other guys, like when I was about three or four years old, which mm-hmm. is incredibly young for someone to be that conscious, that cognizant of that. Uh, you know, I remember being five years old and literally knowing what the words gay and knowing that that meant me. Yeah. And so I grew up, my, my childhood was a very happy childhood if you look at it objectively, like, you know, a stable family, good education, good friends. But there was this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde aspect to my childhood, where everything was great on the surface, and inside I grew up truly traumatized, like Mm. really thinking I was going to go to hell and lose all my friends if people learned the real deal with me, the secret that I was holding inside. So that really formed who I am. I still struggle with that you know, in therapy on a weekly basis. So I realized at a certain point, you know, by the time I was in high school that I was doing a lot of quote unquote coming out. I was usually using alcohol to do it. When I say coming out, I mean allowing the freakier or weirder or more unique or nonconformist sides of myself to show. Uh, I would burst out. It, it, people in high school said that I had an alter ego. Mm. Uh, so, you know, uh, that continued into college. And, you know, over the years, I realized, you know, this is kind of unhealthy to think that there's one you that you present to the world normally. And then there's this other you that goes out and is a crazy weirdo, you know, at sex clubs and whatever at night as, as kind of how things went into my 20s and all. 
it was Michael Ian Black who encouraged me in 2009. He said, I wish you would just get up on stage and start telling your true stories. And I said to him, oh, then that would mean that I would have to admit to a lot of stuff which seems contradictory or incongruous, you know, this side of myself versus that side of myself, et cetera. And he was like, I, I said, it feels too risky. And he said, no, that's the whole idea. If it feels risky to be coming out about something, then it's probably loaded. You know, yeah. it's probably really meaningful. Mm -hmm. And if you're opening up, people will open up to you. Yeah. So the very first true story that I ever told after getting that advice from him, I told a story at a show at UCB. Uh, but I decided, okay, I'll try telling a true story that I feel is really risky and shows a different side of myself than I'm used to showing on stage. I was just so surprised at how good it felt to be making a connection with an audience despite the fact that I had been so nervous about it. I was a nervous wreck before sharing that story because I, I thought, oh, they're going to hate me. They're going to judge me. They're going to like... I don't know. Who knows what will happen? It's just like opening a Pandora's box and yeah. God only knows what they'll think. I wonder if oh, after you told that story, what was your immediate feeling? Did you immediately feel relief or were you still waiting to get feedback from the audience or from when you got off stage to know like I like I am still safe? I immediately felt relief. Mm -hmm. And here's why. Because I felt a connection to the audience when I did that. Like, I was like, oh, this is different than what I'm used to doing on stage. Because I was very used to doing sketch comedy, crazy, kooky characters on stage. Yeah. But here, I felt this connection. I felt like, oh, I'm talking, I'm speaking with, I'm having a conversation with the audience rather than reciting something at them. Yeah. I could see in their eyes that it was resonating and I could just feel, you know how when you're like really connecting with someone, you can feel like, oh, we're on the same page here. Yeah. And that was the feeling that I got out of that room that first night. I am just enjoying the heck out of this convo. The, I, the, this idea of the risk that is baked into the show and it's also the title i get it um i i think is really interesting there's the there are many different risks that a storyteller is taking like will my idea be accepted by the audience the the risk of sort of making those new connections in your brain and sort of what that'll do for you is is there a specific risk that you when you think of the title of your show and sort of the intent of your show that you are hoping hoping people will take? Like, what's the most risky risk that people are taking when they tell a story for your show? That's great. Yeah, you know, I always encourage people as a place to start is to simply start brainstorming on what were some of the moments in your life that you were most emotionally wound up? You know, whether it be you just couldn't stop laughing or you just became a, you, you were panicked or you were devastated, you know, like to try to like 
zero in on one of those peak experiences where your psyche was just especially like felt like, oh my gosh, this is a big deal to me. Because, you know, people use the expression high stakes in story, in, in the storytelling world all the time. And, and indeed, we do want high stakes stories. But what is high stakes is completely subjective. Like, for example, uh, what, uh, also very, very, very early on in the podcast history, a young lady approached me and she was like, well, I'm so shy that I'm sure that what I have to talk about would not be impressive compared to all these other things people talk about on the show. She's like, I've never climbed Mount Everest or been attacked by sharks or something like that. And I said, oh, no, 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 it's not about that. She said, well, I could talk about how absolutely petrified and devastated I was to play a game of charades in the eighth grade because I was such a loner and such a basket case of social anxiety in the eighth grade. I was like, yes, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> like a yeah. game of charades for most people is not a big deal. But uh, for you, it was. And so let's hear about that and it'll resonate for other people, you know? I love that. The point is this ability to share your truth and be your full person and make connect and ho and hopefully make connections along the way. Absolutely, absolutely. If there there are there are circumstances where a person really does want to do that. A person mm -hmm. really does want to come and share uh, with as much compassion and emotional intelligence as they can. But then I will start to sense, oh, they're just not ready. You know right. what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I've had people where a couple days before a show, I've said, oh, my gosh, this is, this is hard, but I'm going to have to tell this person, look, I really think you should keep talking about this with your therapist or your dear friends and family. and maybe come back to us in a year or two. And some people have, you know, I mean, we've been around for nine years now, so there, there have been stories that were a couple years in the banking for us. And that's totally okay. My therapist is consistently telling me, eh, maybe wait another five years to share that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean. I can't wait. I can't wait for five years. I know. That's going to be great. And also, I mean, your therapist has found a full-on cash cow, like <laughs> planning, out, <laughs> planning out five years of therapy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> Uh, that's great. Friends, you can find Risk on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Risk Show. And if you like books, who doesn't like books? There's a book. Risk, true stories people never thought they'd dare to share. And you can buy it anywhere you buy books, like your local bookshop. Thanks for listening. Do you have good news? Incredible. Or maybe you want to tell us a joke or idea? Excellent. Email us at hello at thegoodnewspodcast.fm. Or leave us a voicemail at 773-217-0156. You can also tweet us at thegoodnewspod. And follow us on Instagram, too. And if you love The Good News Podcast, think about supporting us on our Patreon page. Most of our music is by Poddington Bear. 